0: So two doors down from the room that you're in right here is room 407. Um, That room is probably the only room that I would be nervous to sleep in alone around here because I've had a few things happen in there. Um, While I was in that room one night, um, I brought a group in just sort of thinking like, hey, it's a general fourth floor room, kind of funny. With that group was this guy who was probably like, 22 years old, and he's like, I'm not into this. But he's like, big, you know, big tough guy. Um, he walked into the bathroom in that room, which is huge. Looked into the shower. I'm sitting there, can see this guy over the better and the bathroom door slammed shut harder than any door I've ever seen in my life. Slam, so hard, like it shook. I thought the building would shake. It was like, wha- bam, and 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 it goes. And then the door half swung back open. The guy started crying and ran out of the room. And, and it took a while for him to come back. And um, I tried later slamming that door, could not figure out why it would open again. In addition, I walked up to that room once because that was the room that I was supposed to stay in after the investigation. They would give me rooms up here sometimes and I couldn't get it open. I'm sitting there, I'm jiggling the handle. I'm like throwing my weight against this door. It's like three in the morning. I call up the on desk, like security kind of guy. He comes up here, he can't get it open either. And he looks over at me and he goes, Connor, it's, I think it's latched from the inside. And I was like, okay, I guess I'm not supposed to be there tonight. And I was like, there's nobody in there, but it's latched from the inside. I got an EVP when I was asking about that room once. And it was a light voice that said, it was me. Um, sounded like a little kid, almost. It was weird. That's a it's a, a weird room. Anyway, sleep well.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm Jim Perry, and you are listening to Euphemet, a show about the unknown and our relationship to it. On this edition, I'm at the Stanley Hotel, meeting with two accomplished ghost investigators. Learning that at the Stanley, there is always more to the story than meets the eye. Ghostly apparition or not. Is
2: there somebody over here? Can you say hello or knock on the wall or something? Some way that kind of lets us know that you're here in the room with us?
1: It's 2 a.m., and we're in the billiards room. Empty now and reserved only for special events, I don't think we're supposed to be in here. It's so dark, and there's ceiling-length mirrors revealing our ghostly silhouettes via lights from passing cars. Details of the room's design flicker in and out of focus with this light. It's a cavernous-like setting, a place where power brokers of the Gilded Age mix business and pleasure. But tonight, we trade cigars and bourbon for microphones, recorders, and EMF meters. Carl Pfeiffer and Connor Randall carefully listen. They feel out the room, on occasion, questioning the silence, calling for a response.
2: I'm not looking to try to make you show off or anything. I just have a sense that you might be over here, and I'm curious if you can kind of help to validate that, if you'd like. My name is Carl, by the way. I used to be up here quite a bit.
1: The pair spent half a decade as resident investigators here at the Notorious Stanley before their program was phased out. Perhaps what they began to find was a little too real, a little too complex for a program aimed at families of tourists. I'm here to find out if there's truth to ghosts being connected to places and people, to see if we can make contact by new methods in an old place. My friend Jim over here has got a microphone in his hand. Next on Euphemet, we explore the lives that revolve around the Stanley. Not all of them seem to be alive.
0: These are the, uh, the tools of the trade that we came to know and love.
1: We're in my room on the fourth floor of the Stanley, and the top of my bed is covered with tools of the trade. It's like a scene from Taxi Driver. Instead of illegal guns that can stop a car at 40 yards, I'm being shown spirit devices, radios, meters, electrical gadgets, with a history of possibly connecting us to the other side tools in which Carl and Connor have used together with great success for years.
0: We had a really unique opportunity investigating the same place for, I mean paraphrasing, but essentially four years straight. Um, a little bit longer, I guess, if you add it all up, but we uh, we go through and we got to realize what works best for us and what doesn't. Um, we got to learn what provides false positives, which if we were a little less moral we would use only that stuff because we're trying in a weird way to also be entertainers for these guests you go through and you sort of realize what starts to work best for argos and what they like and so this is really what we narrowed down everything to i got this recorder um like 10 years ago today because this was the gift that like that we i got the first night i came up to the stanley so is, is this an
1: anniversary
0: of some sort? So I'm a, I'm a two-time heart transplant recipient, and July 18th was the um, was the day that I received my second heart transplant. I have a three tattooed on my wrist because I've had three hearts. Um, the one I was born with, and then those two donor hearts. I started watching Ghost Hunters when I was in the hospital for waiting for the transplant. My first time coming here... I was 10 years old. It was for a children's hospital fundraiser. I was down in the basement of the concert hall. I was so scared. I was very nervous down there. And I saw a door lock by itself. I saw the latch go (laughs) And that was my first paranormal experience in a lot of ways. So so you
1: used to come here quite a bit with your family?
0: Yeah, yeah. What's, What's cool is that it would be on like this night, like we would come up here on the transplant anniversary night. It's like Connor wants to go, like it goes, cool. You know, when I'm 14, 15, 16, 17, that's what we did, that's what we did, yeah. It's cool, it's a whole family affair in that regard. So, it feels cool to wander around here on this night, knowing what I know now, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty special.
1: So this is like the return of Heart Day.
0: Yeah, it really is, yeah, it really is, it's cool. I don't,
2: I, I didn't know at the time, but it seems like in a real way, I don't know at any given moment, um, but it, with the paranormal, it seems like in a real way, when one door closes, another tends to open. You don't always see that super quickly. It seems to be on its own time frame, but it seems to happen. My first experience with that was after... I was done with my time on Ghost Hunters, which, I mean, what do you do with that? Like, you've, you've, you've learned from some of the most iconic researchers about good technical investigation. Uh, I sat in dark rooms for hours with nothing happening. You think of the most creative EBB questions after two hours in a dark room with no activity. On a whim, my, one of my buddies from the show, Chris McCune, came out to Colorado and, to visit for a couple days and we said, let's, I got to take you to the Stanley. I've never visited the Stanley and I've lived here for like 20 years, but you got
0: to go. The the building is alive. The, there's so much, there's a flurry of energy through here um, because it's a, it's a tourist trap. I mean, let's be honest. It's the shining hotel. There's thousands of people who walk through here every week putting, oh my gosh, this spookiness into it. It's also offset because there's other people who are um, come to laugh it off. It's a happy town. It's, it's a happy energy. And I have always sort of felt that way in this general building. Um, I've slept in every famous haunted room multiple times, but it's the concert hall that was our spot that we focused most of our work. We would come up here, most nights we would, but we focused in the concert hall because we could close it off. And that building would feel dead or alive, but because of ghosts. I don't know of a location that was investigated so much by the same people for for years, but it never really became, it's funny, our little like intro tour would become a monotonous part of the job, but the investigation itself was always exciting. And then as the spirits started to come through, we started to, to become friends with them. And then sometimes we'd walk in and it would be like, okay, I don't know who this is. Or sometimes you would walk in and you'd say, hey, hey, Lucy, what's up? It's good to see you tonight. You know, They had a very strange schedule that they kept, but there were three regulars and other random spirits that came through.
2: Lucy was the spirit of a young woman, late teens, early 20s, in the 1970s, late 70s, ran away from home, wound up in Estes Park. Uh, She got in the basement, made a little home for herself there for a short time. When they found her, they kicked her out. She died from exposure in Estes Park. Um, We've since found a very notable lack of any corroboration for that. You'd think something would be written down. So you guys you know.
1: went back and investigated.
2: We went back a couple of years later and we're like, let's try to find some Lucy info. There's no death records of anyone dying from exposure in all of Larimer County, which is the county that Estes Park falls in, uh, in the 70s or the 80s. Um, something like that would have been in a newspaper. you know. Some Some stories go with Lucy that she actually was accidentally boarded up and locked inside and died inside the property. That would be in a newspaper. That was not um basically everything about lucy's story is there's nothing
0: to corroborate it so we don't we don't really know where that story came from okay what you're about to hear this is from a recorder that was left alone upstairs what you'll hear is you'll hear us talking um downstairs and packing up some equipment and then you will hear clear as day possibly lucy say some words Right there. What I hear is um come out and let's play. <laughs> it's a fun place. Jesus. <laughs> oh my god. Wow. Eddie is My favorite ghost story. He has no background. We don't know where he came from. He just showed up.
2: Regardless of how we viewed Eddie as he grew on us, Eddie and Lucy didn't seem to get along from the start.
0: So as Eddie kind of took over, we tried to kind of separate them. It got to a point where Carl told Lucy to go home with him if she was uncomfortable there. We were standing in the basement of the concert hall one night and suddenly we were hit with a wall of intense body odor smell. That continued to happen for a period of, I would, I would say six months. It would then sometimes be followed with some object manipulation, Flip. that that recorder just flew off the chair and into the room or, or this flashlight just jumped up. There's a lot of early object manipulation that I remember. Then the vocalization started to come through, sometimes through EVPs, sometimes out loud, sometimes whispering in somebody's ear, a deep, low voice saying words like, stab, choke, blood, kill. And then also Edward, Ed, Ed, choke, blood, kill, stab, murder. Very different from our energies with Lucy there. People would start to get scared We managed to get kind of the semblance
2: of a story that the love of his life, woman who was dating, cheated on him, came to blows with the other guy, and he got stabbed, drowned on his own blood. And as soon as that story pieces started to come together, we realized like, oh, he's not trying to be aggressive. He's not trying to be negative. He's just trying to tell us like, hey, this is who I am. This is my story. And he would goof around. He he touched four people, five people in the span of about ten minutes one night in the balcony. And I think. The novelty wore off after a little while, and he was like, actually, this isn't so cool. Groups come up here week after week. It's exactly the same. They asked me to do a couple of tricks. They ask me the same questions, you know, because our hands are tied. Like how much
0: can we really mix it up for each group that's trying to learn about this stuff? But then when he would show up after that initial honeymoon novelty phase with Eddie, he would show up in a more powerful way or a more powerful, he would show up visually to people sometimes. There would be shadow figures that people would see. Possibly Yeti. We always sort of thought it might be him. But uh, when we started doing our spirit box experiment is what he really took to. Yeah. After the novelty wore off, he was steady.
2: Didn't always come out. Didn't expend too much energy in my opinion. Yeah, that's... But he was there until the end.
0: Okay, so he has a nickname for Carl, which this, this tells a lot about his personality. Um, we would not tell people this. But we would blindly, in another room, sometimes ask. I would sit there and I'd be like, Hey, Eddie, what do you think of Carl? And he would over and over and over again say, Asshole. It was funny. Um, he called me nerd. Yeah, that's right. You were the nerd. Yeah, I got nerd. But Carl got asshole a lot.
2: It's one thing to get a word like that through a device. like, But we knew that it wasn't like actually intended to be like him calling you out like that was just personality like he picked on us we picked on him a little bit and it it was always good he was fine
0: when we left we told the ghosts uh, the last night i i I held open the door a little extra and straight up called out to the building and said if there are any spirits here these investigations are closing down i don't know if you're going to be paid attention to Like you have been, so come with us. And then I held the door open for an extra twenty-five seconds, and I walked out. So, the method. Make sure it's good.
2: developed the Estes method here at the Stanley Hotel. Its origin happened February 2016, uh, shortly before we were cast out of the hotel. Um, The basic concept of it is you take this device called a spirit box. It's essentially a broken radio, scans through radio stations continuously, so it just goes station 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 at high rates of speed most people play that through a speaker and they just try to hear bits and pieces that maybe a spirit's trying to talk to them um but it's easy to just kind of expect it you know when you get 10 people in a room and someone says what's your name everyone's going to start listening for things that sound like names especially if they know the spirit's names like Lucietti paul all right we're going to hear one of those and so I, I decided to take out that expectation element of it. Let's put on a pair of noise-canceling headphones, isolating, wrap around the ears, plug in a spirit box and crank up the volume as loud as it goes. and You can't hear anything that's happening around you. After a couple of tries, we put on a blindfold too, so you don't even see what's going on. And everyone else in the room starts asking questions. And the person just says any coherent things they hear through that. For those not familiar with the spirit box, try this out in small doses because it'll give you probably a splitting headache. Eddie, are you here with us? Can you say your name perhaps again if you're here? I know you'll clear way to come through and chat
0: with us if you're here. October. Sure. Quantified. Its use. How
2: many? How many spirits are in this room here? Four eleven.
0: Sure. How stupid is that? Operation.
2: It's been a long time since we've talked. I know we're not in the concert hall. But we feel we're close enough that we'd give it a try.
0: Eddie? There's two.
2: There's two? Is there two spirits here with us?
0: Hi. What's up?
2: Hello. Who's here? I'm curious uh, which are. You we don't have.
0: know who's talking.
2: I know. I'm trying to figure that out.
0: Hmm. Jim. Yes. Hey. What's up? That's <laughs> nice great. To meet.
2: Is your name Jim? Margaret. Is your name Margaret?
0: Coming through, just one second.
2: No, it's okay. I'm patient, I'm just trying to, to guess if any of these things are something you're trying to communicate.
0: It's simple to be, hear that,
2: Normally, when I bring Connor out of it, I, I was would, like, walking. tap him on the knee. But he gets, like, really startled. It might be a little bit better on the psyche if, like, a smell is used to bring them out. It's a little less, like, abrupt.
0: Chicago, so you grew, grew up? So Connor's
2: got a sinus infection, so I don't know if he's going to be able to smell this, but I'm going to try.
0: W. Oh, there's a smell. I just got a smell. I'm assuming that might be a (laughs) cue. Okay, Take this off now. Somebody's talking to me. Thank you. Yeah, it smell like it. It like it said Stanley. (laughs) Old woman for the rest of the night. (laughs) That
2: was weird. How was
0: that? The smell? Yeah. I think it was better.
2: It seemed a little less abrupt, but probably still weird. (laughs) It was was still weird. Uh, (laughs) Just like
0: breathing in. Yeah. Oh, smell.
2: I figured if I put this on my head. Were you standing there the whole time? I just came over here to do the lotion thing. I was on the bed.
0: I thought somebody was standing. Yeah, there.
2: twice when you mentioned that, like, like literally, Jim stood there and I sat on the bed over there for like the whole session. So,
0: you know, it it didn't really hit me that direct connection. I've had a couple of people tell me like, yeah, you're you're naturally going to be good at it because you have been dead twice you know and I have they freeze you they take your heart out they put another one in really quickly and then they bring you back I have a very I feel a very close spiritual connection to my donor even though I don't know who he is has it crossed my mind that Eddie is my donor yeah the only thing that I know is that he was a 21 year old male who who died um we would assume from the local area because it happened very quickly and you only have about four hours to transplant a heart. And yeah, I'm very fascinated with what happens to us after we die. Um, And a lot of that is sort of why I'm here. I've come to accept that I don't think profound answers will come through. I've come to accept maybe a little bit of that gatekeeper theory. We're not allowed to know too much but I've had so many experiences, 95% of them in this place that I know there's something else out there. Um, Yeah, yeah. What else did I say? I, I, I think my donor, cellular memory is a thing that people talk about a lot. I don't know what traits I might have taken on from my donor because I was 13 when I got the heart. So puberty, who knows how I would have been different otherwise. But I will say that there is, there's a figure, like I I believe I know sort of what he looks like. I've had dreams, I've had sort of these general ideas. and i would be interested in sitting down talking to a sketch artist you know and seeing like what what these sort of things are i'm just now getting to a point in my life where i'm like ready to maybe try to figure out a little bit more about who he is um took a while but i'm I'm comfortable in a place now you know so it's been 13 years and life's great i feel amazing um i have a little cold so i don't sound amazing right now but but it's but life life's great um so it's it's pretty it's a pretty powerful thing yeah what we say is uh don't don't take your organs to heaven because heaven knows we need them here there's too many people on the list who need these things so it's a it's a lot to handle and a lot that that i didn't ask for but i know that it's a lot that's sort of like changed me into into who i am today Yeah, yeah absolutely here we are on heart day stanley hotel ready to rock I, it feels like I'm the right person to do these things, so,
1: yeah. Can you just describe that a little bit more?
0: <clears throat> there are really sound scientific principles that cells can quote-unquote have memories, that traits from recipients to donor or donors to recipients can, can come through, where suddenly it's like oh my gosh, tomatoes are my favorite food. Well, it turns out you have the liver of a tomato farmer you know there's there's story after story after story of of things like that of having a very direct connection with somebody who has passed on there's always the very powerful story um of heart transplants i think that's part of the reason that i've been a little bit more tentative to find out more about my donor because it's such such a close thing in terms of all the organs you know quote unquote not that there are any that are unequal but it's like you know it's it's the heart it's the heart so it takes a lot to think about that and it's weird it would be like meeting like an adoptive like biological like parent or something like that maybe that's the closest I could get to compare it to I don't know but uh, yeah I would be interested to talk to other people who don't know their donors who might have a spiritual connection that we could try and document before they find out just to see what might pass on things like that
1: what do you feel like your reaction would be <laughs> if, if, if you discovered that you had an opportunity that you were communicating with
0: them Yeah, I would probably happiness in some ways where it's like I've been having a long connection with somebody that I've had a long connection with. I just didn't know it. Things kind of come full circle like that.
2: We genuinely wonder if he stayed at the hotel at all or if he went somewhere else. Like, any of the spirits, like we wonder. Like Eddie. He was clearly, like, never stuck somewhere from the get-go. Is he still here at this place or... uh... Has he just been taking a little vacation, then came back to Connor and decided to play with him? She
1: Sounds also, like he might—he might be at Connor's girlfriend's house right now. She there. even told me okay. she smelled that's like the smelly
0: smell one night before I even—I was like, "Oh no, okay." And uh, that's an Eddie move. He's trying to so steal funny. your
2: girlfriend. I know,
0: Eddie. Come on, um, she. Uh, she is like, yeah, like, like now there's been her door handle kept jiggling one night. Well, I had a gig. I wasn't there. And, and she said her door handle was jiggling very hard. It freaked her out a little bit, but not, but that's sort of along with the MO where it's like, Hey, I'm going to give you a little jump, but I don't, but I don't mean any harm. You know, it's and all it's, this activity starts at her
2: apartment when she starts dating you, like what other spirit is following you around right. to mess with your girlfriend? Like no one else fits that, you know, like it's not like your house is like jumping with ghosts. Like Eddie fits the profile. Mm-hmm.
0: He's, he's a good, <laughs> he's a good friend.
1: He might've just came around with you. Right? He
0: might've. Yeah. I like to think he did. It's, it's kind of funny. You and you get in the habit. Um, you move or something like that. And I even sometimes kind of think like, hey, like, if anybody's around, let's go. You, you want them to be, because I've, I've never had anything harmful happen in that regard. And I want to continue the research. And so, so it seems to me that, that spirits can go other places. And it started at the Stanley and can hopefully be continued somewhere else, anywhere else. I don't think it really matters where. It's about the ghosts that you have a relationship with.
1: Thank you for listening to this edition of Euphemet, And also thanks for rating, reviewing, and subscribing to this show on iTunes. As you probably know, ratings and reviews are a big deal for new shows, so your contribution is always a huge help. Also, join the Society of Euphemet group on Facebook to keep connected. So we can keep searching together and make sure to follow us at UFAMet on social media. You can follow me at It's Jim Perry on Twitter. This has been UFAMet. I'm Jim Perry. Until next time, keep looking up.